hello and welcome everyone to our third iteration of our mini series of podcasts we've been doing at Newman Students Union. Uh, for this podcast, we are doing we are doing talking about the topic of COVID, the impact. So we're going to be looking at how COVID-19 has impacted students from the perspective of students. And we also have some staff members from the university here to give their perspectives too. Uh, so what I'm going to do before we kind of start discussing uh, Big Elephant in the Room, I suppose, is just go around my Zoom call and just kind of call people out to, uh, to introduce themselves. So just who you are and what course you study or what job do you do within the institution. Uh, and we'll start with Charlotte. Uh, hi, I'm Charlotte. I'm a star and a course rep in primary education. Thank you. Uh, we'll next go to Sean. Hello, I'm Sean Howarth and I'm the Director of Student Services. Thank you, Sean. Then go to Alex. Hi, I am Alex. I'm studying working with young people, children and families and I'm on a couple of society committees, chair of Christian Union, and I'm also the chair of Student Forum this year. Thank you, Alex. Uh, Sarah? Hello, I'm Sarah Parks. I teach on the foundation year uh, postgraduate certificate in HE, and I contribute to the work of the Department for Learning, Teaching and Scholarship um, around activity that supports student transition, retention and success. Wonderful, thank you. And finally, Scott. Hello. I'm Scott. I'm a second year computer science student. I do the events and social for Gaming Society. Thank you. Uh, Realise for those listening, if you can see, you'll see on our Zooms that you'll see our names, but I haven't introduced myself. Uh, my name is Chris. I'm the president of NSU and I'm hosting our podcast. So the first question that I have for, our, um, for us to kind of talk about is what impact has COVID had on you personally with regards to your studies or work? I'm just going to open to the floor for, for anyone to kind of jump in. I don't mind talking. We all know I can talk for England. So. Go <laughs> um, for it, Alex. I, COVID has had quite a big impact. Like I'm a very sociable person. Um, everyone can always find me somewhere in the atrium on campus, um, just sitting and chatting to whoever will give me the time of day. So um, for me, I think COVID has been incredibly isolating. Um, and I think it's been harder to engage with lectures, which has definitely had a knock-on effect with um, studies, because um, we're not getting that kind of back and forth with other students and with lecturers in the room anymore, because um, obviously we're not necessarily all present. Um, so I think it's had quite a big impact for me personally um, when it kind of concerns my studies. Brilliant, thank you, Alex. Uh, did anyone else want to comment? Um, I can, I'd definitely agree with that. I, I've missed the physical conversations one on one with people. I'd say I have kind of enjoyed being like at home because it saved like travel time, like, it's been so easy to jump from meetings to meetings. But unfortunately, I've lost my job due to COVID um, back in March last year. So I, I had like a decent bit of money coming in and now that I've lost that, it's been a bit of a struggle, especially paying to run a car and stuff like that. And it's also just shot. the whole... You Sorry, Scott. You have to unfocus during the whole process. You have too much free time. It's honestly boring and there's nothing to really do in, the, in between lectures. And if you're not a part of a society or anything, 
you don't really have anyone to talk to and it's draining on the mental health yeah I can definitely relate to that <laughs> yeah I just to say from my point of view as a member of staff I really miss the physicality of people and the campus um, and just like being able to get up and out my desk or when I finish teaching or whatever and I ever wander around and you bump into people or you haven't seen for ages just that kind of um, sense of community I guess I've really I've really missed and I agree with um, what you've been saying in terms of sort of um, mental health and being able to try and concentrate is very very different uh, difficult I'm currently trying to get my um, doctorate in education completed um, and I feel I'm finding it really really difficult to concentrate for any length of time on that particularly because my study space that I got at home which my husband had lovingly created for me has now been my workspace and the last thing I want to do after I've done Monday to Friday on screen is come here at the weekends and study so I've, I've found it really really um really challenging um and I think going going back to what Alex said to start with that kind of challenge of trying to not replicate what you do on campus with students um but just trying to create activities that are going to have the same kind of effect in terms of trying to get people talking to each other that's that's that for me has taxed me quite it took up a lot of time of thinking yeah I find that quite challenging Okay, I, I would I would echo what Sarah said. I really miss the kind of incidental um, conversations and bumping into people and that real sense of connectedness and the community at Newman, I think, and not seeing students, actually. Mm. Um, you know, that's why we all come into this kind of work and, and I'm perhaps more isolated in that way because I don't have a particular student-facing role. So I really miss seeing students about I really really do because that reminds me of exactly why I came into student services in the first place um, and I would say I don't want to be really negative but this has probably been the most challenging year of my 30 years in higher education professionally mm. um, I think just being able to uh, juggle everything you know keep all of our services going so that we can feel proud of what we can offer students um, and actually looking after my staff who like everybody have had their struggles um, and they're also trying to keep you know what they do going um, I think that's been really really tough that's been mentally really challenging and emotionally draining at times and I think like Sarah was saying about your space at home becoming your office and taking that out of your if you like your home space it becomes an office space it comes you know differently purposed I found that quite tricky because for me it's been really hard to switch off um, so I've found that I've just worked longer and longer days throughout this whole thing and it's really hard to not go I'll just answer that email or I'll just do that before I finish for the day or you know if I do that now I won't have to do it tomorrow um, and I'm sure we all can you know relate to that a bit uh, and I've I found that really really hard and of course you know I've got family here as well so I've you know I've got school-aged child and I'm trying to support them as well so I think you know it just shows we probably all are experiencing pretty much the same things I guess in just slightly different ways I think also yeah. as well because because we're like it because of the lockdown that we that we've been in well we've been in three haven't we um, over the last twelve months you know that sort of 
yes you're at home and you're working so there's that boundary that's blurred you know in, the, in terms of that space but you're also then not you haven't got an excuse to stop working because you haven't got events that you're going to in the same way that you would have before so it's not like you go right I've got to stop now because I've got to get home I've got to do this because then I'm doing x y or z that's you know so that I think contributes to what, what you said I agree with you Sean I've ended up with longer and longer days and I've had to be quite strict recently and go no this is the time I, I get out and I stop because um, it's just really not very healthy, yeah. Yeah, I would, I would agree, particularly in terms of work, you know, I, I've experienced the exact same things. I think students do as well. Um, mm. We've had a, definitely an uptick of students getting in touch with us later and later into the evening this year, clearly mm. because they're up and functioning later and later. I think a big thing for me that I've missed is actually my commute. As much as many students hate commuting, is it was, it was um, the perfect time for me to switch on and off between work, coming into work to switch on and go into, into work mode and then switch off on the way home. Whereas now walking upstairs or into the next room isn't, doesn't really give me that time. It so, dovetails your day, doesn't it? It gives you yeah. structure. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think a lot of observers of, of the impact of, uh, of the pandemic have been, it's really important to try and put structure back in today. I mean, I actually say, this is what I say as advice to students, and I'm not always very good at following it myself. Um, so what I've tried to do on a more positive note is I'm, I'm trying to dovetail my day with a walk. Um, mm. So I'm not just doing one walk a day, I'm doing two short walks a day because it, it doesn't quite replicate the commute, but it gives me that kind of sense of structure and it gets me off my bum and moving, which is a good thing. <laughs> mm, yeah, I've, I've, similar to you, Sean, I've got dogs, so I've, I've got the walk in the morning. I, I make sure I have a break and I've, I've started doing a little five minute exercise routine in the front room just to get my blood pumping. And, and I've, I've got one of these cardboard standing desks now to get me out of my seat because I've been struggling with my back because I've been sitting so much um so yeah so there are things you can do aren't there to make you to make you feel better because the other thing I've I've struggled with is sleep as well I think Chris you're alluding to that when you're talking about students my sleeping pattern's just gone just gone bananas you know I'm awake at four in the morning I fall asleep on the sofa but then I can't get to sleep when I go to bed it, it, it's just really difficult yeah yeah, I think, I think I'm going to move us because actually Sean started to talk that I agree with the, the sleep thing and being active, but about something positive in regards to your educational work as a result of COVID. Um, so I think there are lots of negatives we could talk about all day about how yeah. COVID has impacted us, but I think, I think there are also positive, hopefully some positives that we could talk about. Um, I'd say the recording of lectures has been really helpful if like I've missed out on 10 minutes because my Wi-Fi signal's been bad or something's happened to be able to go back afterwards and see the recording and see what little bit I missed or what little bit I zoned out of because it'd been like two hours of lecture it was really helpful and I know some courses did do it before Covid but I really hope like recording them carries on afterwards because when I've like had a toilet break or something and I feel like I've missed a really important bit of information if like lectures were recorded it'd be so easy to go back afterwards and watch it again and remind myself what we'd done physically in lecture mm. yeah awesome. i think i can oh, stop talking <laughs> there's also more time for independent study which you wouldn't normally have if you needed to have the commute or the just sitting around doing nothing you have more reason to do independent study that's it. 
<laughs> yeah, I think I can echo both of those really. Um, I think having pre-recorded lectures that are just an hour long that you could just get done at any time in the day or as long as it's done before you hit your live lecture has been really, really useful and really flexible. Um, so this, um, this academic year, um, I've been helping care for my nan who's got dementia because um, we were so worried about getting carers in um, that for us, we, we kind of wanted to keep care within the family until things settled down. And then obviously it never settled down. So um, being able to do an hour's recording or listen to half an hour and then think, oh, I've got to go and help with my nan and then come back to it has been an absolute blessing this semester. Um, it's been really, really wonderful to kind of have that flexibility. Um, and I think also another positive is um, I'm a welcome mentor this year and being part of a team that has been so active in helping other students um, has definitely helped to kind of keep the positives kind of going in my own life. Um, just kind of knowing that, that we're making that positive impact for other people um in kind of like terms of support and just letting other students know that actually we are all you know going through this um so i've found that that's been like really really a positive thing that's kind of come out of of the covid situation i feel like we've connected yeah. a bit better with um lecturers as well so like last year because this is my second year last year it felt like it was a very professional relationship and it was like very formal emails and you didn't really talk much outside of lectures and now sometimes it, like we'll get emails just like hey how's everyone doing and we'll kind of do little catch-ups I mean on Thursday I've got a catch-up session with one of my lecturers who we haven't seen since last semester because he doesn't really teach any of the modules it seems like we've got to know each other a bit more personal and it's not so professional anymore. Does that make a difference Charlotte to how you feel about your studies? Definitely, because um, we had a lot of staff that we lost due to COVID. So I lost my personal tutor, which at the beginning of the year was such a worry for me because it was like, who do I go to to talk to about like issues I'm having with my courses? But because we've got this like bit of a nicer relationship and we all talk a bit nicer and it's not so professional, I feel like I can talk to any of my lecturers about what's going on, even in my other courses. Whereas before it was like, oh, I can't talk to this lecturer about this course because they're not teaching it to me. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably, I'd echo that from the point of view of being on the other side of that, of teaching, is that I've, I feel like, weirdly, more connected to a lot of my students on the foundation year um, because, you know, I don't know, my dog interrupts, well, I've got two dogs, but they interrupt when I'm teaching or somebody's mm -hmm. child will interrupt, so we'll all say hello and wave at, at uh, students' children and things. And I, th I think, Alex, you, when you were talking about the flexibility that online gives you, mm -hmm. um, I think that that's been, that's been really great for the students I've spoken to. It's meant that if they can't actually get to the Zoom because they're teaching their kids, you know, trying to get their kids' education sorted, they can catch up with Moodle activities, um, that we've put online for them so they're not they're not missing out as much as they would have if it was just an on-campus session that you had to be there for um, I think one of the positive things for me is it I've realized I'm actually more technically proficient than I thought I was I, I've <laughs> I didn't realize that I've got these skills <laughs> and that I've actually enjoyed sort of learning about um, different activities on Moodle that I can provide for students um, 
through trying to support students to work together online, I've learned how to use something called OneNote. I don't know if uh, any, anybody here uses that, but it was a revelation to me when I was chatting to a, a previous foundation year student. So I got him in to talk to new foundation year students and they're all like, oh my God, this is brilliant. So, you know, that's been really, really great. Just sharing all the, all the things that we've learned between us. Um, and I think that kind of leads into thinking that or thinking about and benefiting from having to think about new ways to work with colleagues mm. and students um, and I really hope that you know when we come back to mixed mode delivery and then you know majority on campus delivery that we can keep some of those things like the recording of lectures and putting Moodle resources up for students so that they don't miss out if they can't get to it because we know we've got a lot of students who've got extra responsibilities at Newman you know uh, carers parents um, are trying to work as well to support themselves so I think that that those we, sh we need to keep those things really that we've that we've learned you know that work well for people and help them. I would I would agree so much with everything that everyone said I think for me as well the the benefits to um, disabled students students who you know particularly around the recorded lectures this is something that Sarah I'm sure knows I'm, I'm quite passionate about and um, and so I see that as a real step forward in the way that we um, you know, deliver our teaching. And I'm, I'm so pleased about that um, because we know we get feedback all the time from disabled students. I, I'm not saying that this suits everybody because clearly, unfortunately, there are some people who really struggle with this delivery too. But I think for the majority of students, um, certainly the ones that have given feedback to all of my colleagues in student support, um, you know, this has been a real breakthrough for them because, you know, it's it's um, it's so much more accessible because they can go back and revisit content that they, you know, because of mental health issues, focus, any of the things that we all experience, they've been able to go back and they feel um, you know, like they haven't missed something and that they feel more positive about, you know, the, the sessions. So I think, you know, I, I would really strongly echo that and I hope that we can keep that. And I think from, from the student support perspective, my own department, I've been absolutely blown away by how people in my team have embraced um, remote working. It's to, to pivot from completely on-campus delivery and somewhat old-fashioned everything based on paper which again is a bit of a bugbear of mine which Sarah also knows about um, but uh, to go from that to like actually having to upskill and deliver differently and record things differently and that's been brilliant and my staff have thrown themselves into that some more than others some have been a bit kind of this is scary in the same way that students have found it scary um, but it's been amazing and, and you know I've learned things that I didn't know before um zoom <laughs> who knew uh, um and sort of having to use things like panopto which is a as a non-teaching member of staff is not something I was very familiar with and so I've got into that and I think you know there's some I think there's some really great benefits to this period and and, and like everyone said I, I I think we need to make sure we keep hold of that going forward Brilliant, thank you. Uh, if you can see me on the video moving around, I've got a cat on my lap that I'm trying to keep quiet. And we're talking about distractions and seeing people come in, you may hear a cat at some point. Okay, thank you everyone. Uh, so for the next uh, four or so, I say questions or prompts, they're more like statements. Uh, and alongside just asking you guys for your views and things, we've thrown a few statements in that we kind of like you just to say, if you strongly agree, agree, don't really have an opinion on disagree or strongly disagree with the statement.
uh, and then kind of just have a discussion around the reasons why. Um, maybe a little bit of controversy, a little, little bit of different opinions on things. So the first statement, and we're going to go straight in uh, with potentially controversial, is government support has been poor for students in higher education. Thousand agree. <laughs> yeah, like strongly agree in the strongest potential way I could ever possibly agree with this. <laughs> so do you want to go into detail of why, guys, what you where you think the failings have been? I think like where haven't they been? Not only have students been underrepresented throughout this pandemic, we've been blamed. You know, mm. we've had things like eat out to help out which really contributed to the rise in numbers and then the rise in numbers was in, blamed entirely on university students going back to uni and it's like yeah okay I understand having that amount of people move around the country in one go is going to increase cases I'm not saying it's not down to that movement but it wasn't the only thing situationally that contributed to that sudden rise in cases and as students who have been so underrepresented, it was so demoralizing to be blamed for the rising cases when all we want is to get the education that we're paying for um, and that we quite frankly deserve to have. So that would be my very strong opinion on it. <laughs> I think to back you up on that as well, I know when students move back into, when people are moving into halls and the government were like, yeah, go, it's fine. People were so quick online, especially on Facebook, to like share videos of like, look at all these students out partying, but they wouldn't share the photos of post-it notes on windows saying, I'm struggling, you know, the post-it notes talking to other like, um, <clears throat> other accommodations across like city streets and everything. And they're mm. so quick to criticise students you get a few people who ruin it for the rest of us yeah. a few people who will go out party when the majority yeah. of us are probably sat in our room stressing over lectures I know myself I've cried a few times over lectures because it's been a struggle <laughs> yeah but no one wants to talk about that <clears throat> yeah I do <laughs> <laughs> well government wise anyway yeah, yeah. yeah and then when you ask them when there's been petitions to be like, hey, you're charging us way too much for a service we don't get. They're like, well, it's down to the university to do something about that. But you could force them to do it. Government have the power to help them and say, look, you have to do this for students. But they won't because they want the money. Mm. I think many, many students are paying for accommodation, which they're not even being in there for. I think in our halls, there's about eight people total. But there's the entire rest of the building is just empty and they're paying for essentially nothing and that's they're not getting any kind of refund or any service provided for them to kind of reimburse for them for that financial problems why is it difficult I think my favourite um, analogy that me and my dad had kind of made up was like, it's like having a mortgage on a house, but only getting to live in one room. Mm. <laughs> so it's like you're paying for this full big house with all the kitchen, but you just get to live in one little bedroom and it's like, it's just not worth it. I think it's interesting at Newman, especially because the majority of our students commute. So I think a lot of students at Newman won't even 
be aware of that kind of struggle. Um, I mean, like I live at home with my wife, a 15, 20 minute drive away from campus, um, but quite a few of my friends live on campus. So, you know, that's made me more aware of the isolation that students that are still living in halls are going through, you know, students that didn't for whatever reason or couldn't go home at Christmas are now still in halls, unable to go home. And that must be so isolating. Um, especially when you think about things like support bubbles, because when you're living half of the way across the country, who on earth are you going to support bubble with? You know, you've got other students in camp on campus. Yeah, that's fine. Do you know them? Possibly not. Um, and yeah, you've got that shared experience, but who, where is your support? Who is your support? You know, it, it's great having these things like support bubbles, but if you can't utilize them, it's not gonna work, is it? Um, and I think no one's really taken that into consideration or it, it, from a student perspective, it definitely feels that way. I mean, I know last year I was in accommodation and I lived with um, three other girls. I didn't know any of them. <clears throat> we weren't friends. So that felt isolating enough as it was when I went home every weekend. So I don't know how I would have survived this year if I'd gone into accommodation, lived with three other girls who didn't really want to talk to me and then not have the option to go home and see my family. Yeah. Yeah. This year, uh, I was meant to have two roommates, but they both left within the first week of arriving. So I was kind of just on my own, just being there no one to talk to outside of my societies and my friends that I had already made, but that was all virtual. Mm. So, yeah. Thank you guys. Uh, I'm going to lean over towards the staff now, <laughs> staff now and let Sean and Sarah throw in their, their two pence as well. Um, I, I, would, I would just jump in and say, I hope there's going to be some better news regarding the rent uh, situation coming soon. Um, there certainly has been money recently released from the government to try and address some of these issues. So that's something that, you know, I'm hoping there will be some announcements about soon. So that's maybe a small positive, but I think, you know, all the points you've raised um, from a student perspective, I, I, I absolutely agree with. I think, um, I think it's been at best a mixed picture. <laughs> um, and, um, I think in the same way that students feel that the government haven't listened to their voices and they've portrayed students as, you know, um, you know, the partying and the, you know, and or kind of the opposite. Sometimes they have actually portrayed students as being trapped by their universities and, and the, the universities don't care. And I think it's been a very negative picture if you look at that, you know, always, always round. And that frustrates me because I know that universities um, they might not have always got it right, but actually there's been some really good things that have been done um, for students and our communities. Um, and I don't think the government has really recognised the diversity of uh, universities in this country. Newman, as you've absolutely said, you know, uh, uh, Alex, you were making the point that it's a commuter, strongly commuter university. And, and um that's exactly the case that, you know, that's not being recognised really um, by government in all of this. A lot of the initiatives have been about what you might call more traditional, you know, or Russell Group universities, and they've not really been listening to the full, you know, strength of the voices from, from a, a wide range of universities. 
And they've not been listening to the staff either who really know um, how to support students and how to work with our students. Um, and I think that's, uh, you know, I think that's been a source of frustration for, for many of us. Mm, yeah, I I, um, I don't disagree with anything anyone has said. <laughs> I, I would say that I that statement about uh, governmental support has been poor for students in HE. I would agree with it. Um, but I suppose for me, it's about, I mean, I get this feeling that students have kind of been forgotten about in one sense. And then when they have been remembered, they've been characterised as a particular thing, as Sean and, and Alex and others have, have already said. Um, you know, there's been little mention about uh, help for HE students in national briefings. You've not, we've not been visible in that sense. Um, as Alex and Sean have said, little consideration for commuter students using public transport and all of that kind of thing and the issues that have been around sort of travelling in enclosed spaces. The other thing for me, I think that we don't seem to hear much about is, and I think Charlotte, you were talking about this earlier, where a lot of students are working in hospitality, leisure to support themselves because let's face it, the maintenance loan isn't enough to, for people mm -hmm. to survive on. And so they've been hit and lost job. My, my son's at university, he's, he's lost his job. Uh, working in um, retail and um, because the, the, the you know that he was on a zero hours contract and they've just said no go away so I think that's kind of like a hidden thing that that's not really being talked about that's affecting a lot of students as well and um, notwithstanding those things about you know your expectation when you start uni this sort of the social experience of it mm -hmm. um you know and 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 that not really sort of living up to its potential um, in a way. And I mean, Sean's right, there has been some more funding made available by the government. I mean, I think Newman's in the process of surveying students to find out what COVID related hardship they're currently in. So if you get that uh, email, make sure you complete it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, to my mind, that's too little too late. We should have been doing that in September, uh, actually August, thinking about and assessing mm. what situations mm. current students are in and then yeah. thinking about, well, what student, what, what, what situations are students likely to be facing and then having that pot of money for universities to be able to distribute, because let's face it, we know our students better than the government does, but trusting us with some money right at the beginning of the academic year, would have been would have been a much better um, situation. It's almost like it's it's reactive rather than proactive, um, and it's hugely frustrating for those of us who want to support students, you know, <laughs> as best we can. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's that sorry about that. that no, I, I, you know what you was just saying there about the mistrust of of universities. I think you know that's the real negative for me. I think it's not recognizing, as you say, mm. that we are the experts in what we do, not the government. Yeah so yeah 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 i mean I, I would agree <laughs> i would agree particularly with the reactive and proactive approach yeah. um yeah. i think what you were alluding to there say at the start of the academic year i think when i think back the government was still riding high on eat out uh to help out and yeah. and it was kind of very uh, reactive of oh now it's students fault <laughs> now now that we're in september and october yeah. now it's students of course fault. students are going to take the 50 percent off we've got no money it's easier for us <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah, exactly. yeah. and and students going back to uni that is something the government could have made a decision on and said it's either phased or we're going to be 100 percent online learning and we'll you know subsidize it for a year or something that's a further question i think isn't it but um yeah it, there just doesn't seem to be much notwithstanding the fact it's a pandemic and it's uncertain but there doesn't seem to be much forethought about what what's likely 
you know that that what what is likely what is it likely that students will be experiencing and how can we yeah. proactively try to mitigate for that for those uh, experiences so just waited for there to be a problem before putting a solution in that could have stopped the problem in the first place yeah absolutely yeah yeah i would agree i think trial and error is what i'd leave this this statement on um <laughs> the next one uh, as, as sarah has alluded to is the next statement is i have felt supported by the university during the pandemic and i'll open that to the floor again i personally would strongly agree with this. I think um, last year, towards the end of May, myself and, and my wife contracted COVID because um, my wife worked um, in an assisted living home um, and it just it ended up going around there towards the end of May. Um, and the university was nothing but supportive, you know, with extensions and then mitigating circumstances and lecturers, um, you know, once I'd made the way saying, look, don't even bother even thinking about uni work, get better first. Um, and then again, coming into this year, having like the welcome mentors and the amount of effort and support that I have seen staff go through to provide support for students has just been incredible. And I think um, being in a bit of a unique situation with having quite a close relationship with my line manager um, has kind of allowed me to appreciate a lot more the kind of hardships that staff have gone through to provide that support um, because obviously you know they're at home working 13 14 hour days now and that's become a norm um, and a lot of staff have left higher education because it's not the setting that they came into to work in um, so the pressures on them to provide support and the fact that the support is still being offered I think is incredible um, Newman especially there's now 30 laptops in the library that can be loaned for the whole academic year rather than just a few hours um, the fact that they did um, the grant for better wi-fi I think was incredible when that went out um, I myself benefited from a grant that went out last year um, because I lost my job due to the pandemic um, I was on a zero hour contract working in residential care homes. And when I contracted COVID, they basically turned around and said, you're not safe to work because your partner works on the front line as well. Um, we don't want you anymore. So I kind of lost my job um, for that reason. Um, so yeah, I think I would definitely agree that I have felt supported by the university throughout, throughout the pandemic. Um, the support is definitely there for students who are made aware of it. I think maybe the only downside would be that not every student is aware of the support that Newman offers. And I think that's really sad, to be honest. <laughs> I'll stop talking now. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Um, I'd say I agree to an extent. Unfortunately, we went down from 12 staff to, I think, three back in August. And ever since we started back in September, I've been like, I've been bothering everyone like, when am I going to get my personal tutor? When am I going to get my personal mm. tutor? And no one can give me an answer. No one will say anything to me. They're just like, oh, it's coming. It's coming. Eventually it will be there. And it's like, but when? You know, like mm. this is second year going to third. No idea when we're going to have this. Mm. Um, and I think that was one decision that no one took the student's opinion into account when all this stuff was removed or left. I think students were kind of left in the dust for that bit I mean expecting three people to do the job of 12 is unrealistic 
and I took on the job of um, course rep for my course which unfortunately left my uh, tutor saying in lessons or oh, if you've got any issues email Charlotte because she's your course rep so then I was getting bombarded with emails about can you change this on Moodle can you change the lectures can you change the timetable can you change this the brief period where we were actually going to like lectures where you had set weeks it was can you move me on to the week with your friends and it was like I have no power to do any of this and it became a lot of work for me and I don't think it was fair of tutors to say go email your course rep because I can't solve most of these problems mm. as far as I'm aware course reps are there for if you struggle to get into contact with your tutor or if it's stuff tutors can't do and I think um people being students saw well she's a student too so she'll be up at seven o'clock on at night to answer my email and if she doesn't answer I'll email again at eight in the morning and I think there was a loss of consideration for the effect on me <clears throat> and like personally next year I won't be a course rep again I'm going to drop the role because it was way too much for me to deal with. Thank you Charlotte. Uh, Scott, Thanks. Sean, on a slightly different note, on a more positive note, we do have, well, I'm done a bit in my society because I am a committee member of it, but we do have more of a support system in place. We do try to set some time aside for the members of our society. We implemented a second day where we have society meetings just to meet up keep contact and make sure that everyone is kind of okay before we go into our usual activities mm. and again just from personal experience i think this has been effective it's helped people kind of get rid of the loneliness get rid of the isolation and it's helped us become better friends and it's, I think more societies and more people should look into societies so that they can get that kind of help and just be, I guess, happier and closer and have someone to talk to about mm -hmm. whatever issue they may have. Yeah, I think I can and, echo that yeah. from the society side. Um, I mean, Christian Union ended up being on Zoom for 12 hours a couple of weeks ago, just because we needed that space to kind of sit. No, you see, you're pulling a face. It wasn't even like that. Uh, <laughs> one of us got really drunk and then the rest of us just like found it hilarious and couldn't leave because it was too funny. <laughs> so, But we kind of switched between informal meetings and Bible study. So every other week we know we've got that space to come offload, just kind of chill. We all like sit there on zoom cooking dinner and just chatting about absolute nonsense um and i think societies have really provided quite a safe space for students to not be alone this year so i think i would kind of echo that scott i think that's a really good point i'd say me too as well i joined i don't even do history and i joined the history society with one of my friends who started this year it has been hilarious the group chat's been fun and um when we first hit lockdown at the end of last year I'd started a Facebook group chat with a bunch of people from Newman on that's been fun it's kind of died down a bit more now that we're like into the swing of things but at the end of last year when there wasn't really much going on over the summer it was really fun everyone really got on and it's been great. Mm. 
John, Sarah, do you guys want to comment from, from your perspectives, I suppose? Uh, yeah. I'm, go on, Sean. Go, no, no, you go first, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do think that the universities um, recognise the difficulties of, of um, the, 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 the context of the pandemic. I mean, as members of staff, we've been given sort of additional days leaves to recognize that we've all been working really really hard and that everyone is actually just exhausted um because of the demands um not just that initial switch that we had in march you know going from sort of being physically on campus to now trying to do everything online but then you know trying to a lot of times retrain ourselves in in, in our own sort of approaches to teaching for for me as a, a teaching member of staff which really hasn't given me much time to just have off work because, you know, I've, I've been trying to think about, well, how am I going to do this um, in this academic year? And, you know, the difficulties that, that students talk about in terms of, I don't know, being a parent or a carer or those kinds of things, you know, we've got those difficulties as well. So we've got those same pressures. Um, in terms of trying to turn um, assessment deadlines, you know, get feedback to students within three weeks and all of that kind of thing, which whilst I, you know, the no disadvantage policy, I think is a great initiative and I'm, I'm really glad that we've, we've, we've had that, but that's put an additional pressure on us as staff to make sure we can get the, the feedback back to students in a timely manner. And we have to get the results and everything ready, which, which is, uh, you know, it's already quite a stressful time of year um, ordinarily. And, and that's kind of compounded, I think, but, I do, I do think that the university has, has, I do feel supported by them, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose this is, this is a tricky one for me to reflect on because of course I'm a line manager and so it's my job to make sure that my staff feel supported. Um, and I guess you'd have to ask them <laughs> what they feel. Um, I hope they would say that, you know, they do feel supported and like Sarah, some of the initiatives that, um, uh, you know, the management of the university have put in place have been to try really hard to recognise the fact that staff have, you know, we all we all have the same difficulties. Nobody's exempt from, um, uh, you know, having to juggle things or to do lots of problem solving in a short space of time that they wouldn't have had normally. Um, and whilst I have said, you know, there are there have been some real positives from that. It is really hard, you know, and, and you know, we are <laughs> I think no matter what your role is at Newman, you'd probably say you're absolutely exhausted because I know I know I am at times. I think by the time I got to Christmas, I just wanted to sleep for a month, let alone do anything else. Um, but I, I, I think there have been some really good initiatives. Um, and I think when we last surveyed staff, they did feel supported by the university. It'll be interesting to see how, you know, the, the, the outcome of the next survey. I really hope that staff still feel that they're, you know, that that support, it may have changed and evolved over time because it's had to, but that they still feel that. And certainly I can say, you know, as a line manager, I, I really, really try and encourage and, you know, I'm proactive about having those conversations with my staff to check in on them and see if they're okay. And I encourage the line managers within my team to do, of course, the same. So um, who knows, I'll find out soon, I guess, but I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping that, that everyone does feel supported, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd say, Sharman, uh, sort of from your line manager point of view, that's been my experience of being line managed in that, 
you know, whenever I, we're in a meeting, a team meeting, or if I have a one-to-one, the first sort of 10 minutes is about, so how is everybody? You know, what's, what's going on to try? And that also helps sort of just with your relationship um, with each other in your team, doesn't it? As well as sort of just being yeah, able to just say, I'm absolutely shattered. Yes, <laughs> I, absolutely. I, I and, have, you know. and have a whinge. I mean, I always say, come on, just let it out. Have a go, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, and, and I think for me as well, even though obviously I'm very aware of my professional role, uh, like we were saying about getting to know your students, Sarah, I think I've got to see different bits. I've got to see inside the living rooms, the bedrooms <laughs> of my stuff, wherever they happen to have set up their offices. I've seen their animals, uh, pets, you know, I've seen their lovely children. Uh, I've known about a lot of these things sort of at a distance, but now I get to see it all. And and actually, that makes me feel closer to my staff as well. And they likewise had to put up with my barking dog and my mad cat and, you know, and all the, the strange things that happen in my household, too. Brilliant. Wonderful, guys. Uh, I am looking at time and thinking we've probably got just over five minutes left. So I'm going to bump us along with a couple of questions because there are a couple I want to get your collective thoughts on. Uh, so I'm going to go down to our ninth question that we had planned. Uh, what do you think education will look like in September 2021? I know that's a difficult question right now with roadmaps being announced in the last few weeks. Uh, and what do you think the long-term effect on education will be from the pandemic? I think there'll definitely be a bit of a positive technology-wise, uh, like we said about recording lectures, about tutors being more used to using technology and having other things to use other than PowerPoints will be nice. So I think there, there is that nice kind of advancement there that I'm looking forward to see how that gets implemented when we are back on campus. I think it's hard to say because we all thought we'd be back on campus completely normal, September just gone. And we obviously weren't. Um, so I think it, it, it's hard to say what, education will look like in September. Um, I think, well, I think I would like to hope that it would be more of a blended or more full-time on campus situation. Um, and I hope that, you know, to echo kind of what Charlotte has said, that things like pre-recorded hours that we can kind of fit around our daily lives outside of Newman um, can kind of be implemented and recorded lectures can be kind of a cross board sort of situation for all students rather than just a couple of courses doing it. I know that working with of sometimes recorded lectures, counselling definitely record their lectures to Panopto, um, even when they're on campus. Um, so I think those would be my hopes, but I don't think anybody could really say one way or the other what it's definitely gonna look like. Yeah, I think you're right there. I think you're right there, Alex. I mean, no one, no one really knows what um, September 2021 uh, will look like because it will depend on um, the vaccine rollout and you know any variants and are they um, you know resistant to the vaccine and that kind of thing. Uh, and there's also the consideration of those people who haven't had the vaccine in that consideration. So, you know, do we have a responsibility to maintain 
distancing measures you know to protect mm. those people I, I i think it's just really really uncertain but i agree with both both what you're saying in terms of like let's not lose the things that have worked mm. really really well and that students have found really beneficial and actually at newman as staff members we often talk about students on a full-time course but they're kind of studying in part-time mode because they're parents carers we've talked about this before mm. you know they're working so what the kind of learning from the pandemic gives us is an opportunity to kind of reshape our offer so that we're enabling those students to access the content if they can't physically get onto the campus so I think we you know we really really don't want to lose those things that we've learned I mean I'm thinking for my own um practice that the, the way that we'd set up the foundation year is we gave students three hours of weekly Moodle activities and then we discussed those in the Zoom in groups or whatever. Um, and I'm hoping that we can continue some elements of that because I, I really do think, and students have said it's really, really helped them when they've had a really difficult week because they can do it at whatever time is most convenient to them. Um, so it, for me, it's about, um, yeah, just trying to keep those things that have gone well. Um, I I I don't know. I'm skeptical about whether we'll be back to how we were before the pandemic. Skeptical, mm. but we might be. We might be. We might. I be. think um, to add on to that as well. Um, it's been more acceptable to not attend live lectures, and I hope that's something that's like kept next year. So, like a lot of students this year, it's been more acceptable to kind of email and say, "Hey, I'm struggling with my mental health." I'm just not up for it today I can't get in the headspace and not turn up to a zoom lecture and you've not been shamed so much for it for not being there whereas I know last year like attendance was a very big thing it was like why aren't you there where were you if you were in the lecture you would have known this information so mm. I hope next year that's something that's kept as well to be able to email and say look I'm just not in the headspace today I'm struggling I'm not going to attend and it stay as something that's okay to do yeah, and I think that's the that's the advantage of the um, the online environment is that it you know you don't have to physically attend something, but you can still be engaging in your studies. Um, and so you know you can use sort of somebody doing an online activity as a kind of indicator that oh okay, so they are engaging, they are they are doing their studies. And I, I agree with you, Charlotte. We should try to find a way that's quite nuanced in terms of thinking about how students are engaging in their study. Um, for, for when we go forward yeah I think oh, oh yeah sorry you go ahead Alex <laughs> I was just gonna say if all lectures were recorded I don't see how that would be an impossible task mm. yeah I, I, I think there is that I think there has traditionally been a fear and, and Sarah again is well aware of this as she is as I, we're both involved in student engagement you know um initiatives that mm. that attendance equates purely purely um, to engagement and actually as Sarah said engagement is much more varied and, and nuanced and um, so I think I would agree Alex I think it would be great if we could record lectures and hopefully um, the university community would see that that wouldn't lead to necessarily a drop in engagement um, and actually it could improve it <laughs> um, that's what I would hope we could see um, from this going forward and, um, and I think certainly from my point of view um, in student support services we found it found that 
in, in most of our services, offering remote appointments has been incredibly popular. Mm. So um, not only has the take up of appointments been really high, but actually we haven't had as many um, DNAs, you know, people not attending at the last minute or indeed late, you know, last minute cancellations because it's been more convenient for students um, to access support in that way. Um, it's worked incredibly well with certain services. We've been busier than we ever have been, um, you know, because of that. And some services, not so much. But, um, you know, so, for example, students haven't come forward as much for counselling remotely. They've not liked that as much. Some students get on really, really well with it, but not all. Um, but it is a really varied picture. And so I'm not saying that one size fits all for our services, but what I will definitely be doing is retaining for all of our services an element of remote delivery because it's worked phenomenally well. And not only that, it's convenient for the staff too, because they can, you know, fit in things in their own lives around um, remote delivery as well. So it's good for everybody's mental health and well-being, I think. Mm, yeah I agree with you Charman you were talking about uh, um trying to have a portfolio of activities um mm. that that you know for me that's about our inclusive practices really if we've got a portfolio of things that people okay. can engage in you're hopefully going to be enabling more people to engage in it rather than just doing it in one particular in one particular way yeah it's more individualized and personalized mm. isn't it Mm-hmm. Wonderful, thank you guys. Um, I'm going to throw over to Scott, just if Scott wants to throw any comments in here, and then I'm going to wrap us up. Uh, currently, all of my bullet points were ticked. <laughs> Wonderful, thank you, Scott. Uh, and thank you, everyone else, for your for your contributions today. I hope this has been an interesting uh, discussion, and I hope those people who are listening or watching along, depending on where you, uh, you are taking this in from, uh, this has provoked some thinking for you as well about what we what we all think on COVID and how people differ actually on our views around COVID. We're not all one collective body with the same thought processes. Mm. Um, so thank you for listening, everyone, and we will see you in our next podcast. <laughs>